Our gospel lesson for today, the ninth Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33 and 44 through 52. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all of the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. People of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. A lot of you out there know that I'm a video gamer. I have been for a long time. Uh, and there are many, many, many different styles of video games that I've played over the years. Some I like more than others. But there's one in particular. Uh, it, we might call it a genre or a type. I don't really know what the right word is. But it's called an open world. And in this type of game, you are the central character. Everything sort of happens from your perspective. And instead of just like this linear thing where it kind of takes you from one spot to the next spot to the next spot, you have this entire world in the video game that you can explore. You can go anywhere you want to. You can spend as much time checking stuff out and just wandering around and doing stuff as you want. Or if you want to kind of follow the story and the, the, the overarching game, you can go very directly from one place to another. But just like life, it is open to you. Now, the one that I'm currently playing, it's set in 1899, somewhere in the western part of the United States. And I am a cowboy. And let me tell you, it's pretty cool. Yesterday, I played way too long when a lot of people went shopping. And I learned how to fish. And I've done a lot of hunting. And I rode a horse everywhere. And my hat is awesome. The, the game itself, it doesn't really matter. Don't worry about that. But... <laughs> More so, it's the, the thing that I'm really kind of grabbing onto is I appreciate how this type of game really represents, or it, it's, it, it's a lot like life. You know, life for each one of us, we are the main character in our own stories. The world is open to us. We can kind of go and explore and do a lot of different things and interact with different people and things happen around us and things happen to us and sometimes we we interact with that and sometimes we choose to ignore it. You know, life is kind of like a big open video game, kind of. That idea is what I'm really kind of holding on to as I'm considering not only this short portion of the reading that we have, but kind of the larger context in, in where we're at uh, in terms of our gospel lesson this week and sort of where we have been. Now, just like every single person 
plays that game as the central character, our life is like that too. I mentioned that already, that, that we're kind of all at the center of our own universe. We're at the center of our own life, and life kind of revolves around us and our experiences. But that's true for every single different person. And because every single different person has that same truth, we remember that life is, is very different for every single one of us. We all have our different experiences. We all have our different things that we focus on and things that interest us and things that don't interest us. And, and because of that, life varies from person to person to person. And I think Jesus knew that. I think Jesus was aware of that. In fact, I think that's one of the reasons that God probably became human, to experience that aspect of human life, the, the very individualistic ways that we experience life. Now, because of that, when Jesus was teaching, Jesus used a whole lot of different examples of ways to, to give, a, uh, give knowledge, to give insight, to give truth to his audience. Now, one of the things that he uses a lot is a parable. We've had parables the last couple of weeks, in fact, pretty much the entirety of Matthew chapter 13, where the last two Sundays we have been, and we're still here today, is Jesus teaching in a lot of different parables. And he uses a wide variety of them. Now, if I've never explained a parable to you before, just the general idea of parables, it's, it's very simply, a parable is basically a metaphor, of, and it's taking two things and putting them alongside one another. In fact, parallel, does that sound... It's, it sounds like the same thing, same root word. Parable, parallel, means the same thing. In this case, it's the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God that Jesus is trying to explain, trying to somehow reveal a truth about. Now, when the kingdom of heaven, well, that's way up here above our, our knowledge base, right? It's, it's hard to wrap our heads around. But Jesus wants to compare it to something that is familiar so that his audience, his, the people that he's teaching, will begin to understand a little bit more for whatever it is that he's trying to explain. But because human experience is so widely different from person to person to person, some people are going to understand one thing really, really well, and some people aren't going to really resonate with that. And so when Jesus has all of these crowds around, I think that's why we hear of so many different parables that he uses. Now, let's think back over the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, we heard about the parable of the sower who sows seed on four different types of soil, and some of it grows really well and some of it doesn't. King of Heaven is like that, apparently. Last week, we heard about the, which one did we hear about? Now I'm blanking on it. It was another parable. It was farming. Dick Miller was like, I like these farming parables. They're good. <laughs> I like them too because farming, it resonates with me. I grew up on a farm. Now today, we've got these five little parables. Now, every time this pops up in the lectionary, which it does every three years, I call these the five mini parables. He doesn't really explain them a whole lot, but he just compares the kingdom of heaven to a lot of different things. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, this tiny little seed that you go out and plant, and it grows up in the largest of all the shrubs, and the, the, the birds will perch in it. Cool. Life, life, not life. The kingdom of heaven is like... A little bit of yeast that got mixed into three measures of flour until it's all leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like a guy who finds a treasure in a field, and he really likes it. So he goes and he sells everything, and he goes and buys the field. It's like a pearl of great value, and the guy is searching for it. When he finds it, he sells everything he has in order to get it. And the kingdom of heaven is like a guy who goes out to fish, and he catches all sorts of different fish, and he draws them in, and he separates the good ones from the bad ones. Five different parables. Now, how many of you like all five? I see no hands. Perfect. I don't really like all five either. 
And even as I consider all five of the different things, I also know that I understand them, I think about them differently than every single other person does. For instance, when I think about a mustard seed, or a mustard plant, really, I am not thinking about the same thing that Jesus is talking about. I remember in the, in the days when I was younger and walking beans, mustard weed, which is not the same plant Jesus is talking about, but this weird little thorny vine thing that you have to wear leather gloves or else you're going to get poked when you're pulling that out. That's what I think of when I think of mustard. Am I right, Jesus? Jesus is shaking his head at me right now. But that's what I think of. Now, yeast, the second one. Side note, my wife, who is a baker, hears yeast, and she thinks about baking. She's right. I'm not. I'm a home brewer. I think about it with beer. (laughs) But this is just one example or a couple different examples of how we all hear things differently. But the truth, ultimately, that I think Jesus is trying to convey not only in these five short little parables, but whenever he's using a parable, whenever he is teaching, he's trying to convey the truth of the gospel, the truth that he came into this world in order to embody and to make possible, that we have this God who loves us all so much that that God wanted to overcome the brokenness that's a part of this world and that's a part of each one of us because God desires that which is good for us. Now, I want to back up a little bit to the varied experience of life, and I want to think about the video game again. In the game, gradually as you go on, you gain new knowledge, you gain new skills, you gain new equipment. Well, you know what? That kind of sounds like life, right? As we go along, we learn stuff, and eventually we're called upon to pass that along. I was having a conversation earlier this week with an individual, and we were talking about the idea of parenting. And... Parenting is, is a lot of fun, and it's also a lot of work, and it's a lot of challenges. And our role as parents changes as we go along and as our kids grow and as we go along. When our kids are small, we're very much in the role of director. Like, you're calling the shots. And those of you with young kids out there, I see some nods. <laughs> They're like, uh-huh, yeah. And sometimes they hit their sister, apparently. <laughs> as your kids get a little older and into the role where my kids are right about now, my role has really become more of a coach, more of a, a guide, more of a, of a, a, a advisor at times. Trying to offer wisdom and guidance, I always tell them, learn from my mistakes, and there have been plenty of them. But I also have to be hands-off and let them learn. I have to let them experience. But ultimately, I as a dad, I as a parent, desire that which is good for my kids. I want, I want them to experience that which is good good. Now, Jesus has promised us that just as he calls God Father, we too are able to do that because God has claimed every single one of us as beloved child. And I believe that the truth that Jesus wants us to know is that our heavenly Father, our perfect divine parent, desires that which is good for all of us and for all of the world. And this is what Jesus was somehow making possible through his life and his death and his resurrection. He was overcoming that which is broken about the world and that which is broken about every single one of us. Now, there's there's one truth within our five micro parables today that I really sort of latched onto, and it's the last one about the guy who goes out fishing. And he casts his net, and he catches all kinds of different fish, and he draws them in, and he separates them those those ones that are undesirable from the ones that are desirable. 
And then we hear Jesus give a little tiny explanation. He says, it's going to be like that in the end of the age. And I believe whatever it was that Jesus was accomplishing through his life and his death and his resurrection, he was making a promise that when we pass through death, that which is good about every one of us, God will somehow draw to God's self. And that which is not so great about every single one of us, and yes, that's a reality, will somehow be cast away. I believe that to be the truth of the gospel, a truth that's given to every single one of us. And as we go through life, as we go through this grand video game that we're all playing, eventually we're going to get the game over screen. God promised us a sequel. I heard a snicker. Good. I got a, I got a response there. And the sequel is heaven, the afterlife, the age to come, whatever we want to call it, out there in some unknown future. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm betting it's going to be a pretty awesome video game. Amen? Amen.